When a wife thinks her husband is about to make a bad decision, how can she share her wisdom and still respect him to lead their family? When Tom and Joanne Doyle were about to buy their first house, Tom's heart was set on a fixer-upper. Joanne expressed her deep concerns to Tom about the wisdom of taking on this project, but he disagreed. Tom was, no, 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 no. And that's when I thought, okay, Lord, you have made him the head of our home. So now I'm going to my knees. And I've already told him what I think. And so now I need to go to you because you're over him. And if this is from you, you'll make it all work out. But if this is not from you, Lord, stop it. Change his heart. Do something. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and uh, I'm in the studio today with Tom and Joanne Doyle. They work with E3 Partners, reaching uh, Muslims, reaching others across the Middle East with the gospel message. Tom is also the author of a book called Standing in the Fire, which I would encourage you to get a copy of and read. You know, next week is Valentine's Day, and it's, you know, we kind of celebrate love and romance and all those things. So we're going to do something today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio that, that we have never done before. I want to talk to you, Tom and Joanne, about marriage and ministry and how you balance them. My impression is that you guys really like each other, <laughs> and yes, <we> do. <laughs> you like doing ministry together. And but obviously, there's some challenges that come with that. Every marriage has challenges at, at some time or another. So I want us to talk a little bit about that and kind of draw out some of your wisdom, because I think we have some listeners who are married and maybe they minister together. Maybe they have different ministries and they, you know, bring together. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and and see how this goes today here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Normally we talk about persecution. Today we're going to talk about romance. <laughs> Welcome, Tom and Joanne Doyle. Thank you. Thank it's you. Honored to be with you. Yes, it is. Joanne, how do you support Tom in his ministry? Mm-hmm. And at the same time, have your own ministry. When Tom pastored, you know, I was always that support underneath him at home, trying to take care of the kids, get them all ready for church when they were younger. And as a pastor's wife, and I was involved in women's ministry and children's ministry, so it wasn't like I wasn't involved. But my main role was supporting Tom, you know, being what he needed to be at home, having things ready for him there and having him come home to a haven, not a, you know, chaos, that kind of thing. But then as we went into missions and our kids got you know, older. So that's still my heart. That's still my mentality. And we first started working together, you know, in just the Muslim world and in general, also the Jewish world. And so again, supporting him that way, you know, doing whatever I could do to come alongside of him. And it was through that, that God birthed the women's ministry aspect, not forgotten is what our women's ministry is called. 
So again, that is underneath our Middle East ministry. So it's just the natural overflow of the structure, but it's all this, also the structure of my heart. So everywhere we go, even if it's a Middle East trip, oh my goodness, I am so focused on reaching the whole family with the gospel. But then I zone in on the women. So I'm able to do both, if that makes sense, focus on the whole family, talk to the men if that's appropriate or the kids, but then really zone in on the women as well. And then Tom does the same thing in reverse. You know, his heart, of course, is to reach the home. He starts with the men, but he has such a heart for the women as well. So he connects with them too. So we really work hand in glove. I don't know if that's a good um, answer to your question, if that explains it well. How does, because I think in the Islamic world in particular, marriage has a different meaning than most of us would think about marriage. Marriage is somewhat of a contractual obligation and a woman often can be more of a possession than a cherished, you know, bride. How, when you come into that setting, and and like I said, you guys obviously like each other. I think anybody who would see it would say, <laughs> these people, they really like each other. This is this is the kind of marriage that I, I want to hold up as this Aww, is an example. Thank you. How does that draw people to faith when you're in the Muslim world? And I think particularly among women, mm-hmm. because... Like I say, often women are a piece of property. Right. Yeah, I own her. Yeah, I own right. that cow too. And they're yeah, you know, yeah. They're almost and the cow's more valuable than my <laughs> wife. You know, <laughs> that's right. yeah. <laughs> kind of is their mentality. That that's another really good question. Boy, you're getting them. Um, I think they do see us as a couple, and they're drawn to that. They want that. That's what we all long for, right? Women long to be cherished. Men long to be respected. And I have to be honest with you: these women may respect with their um, actions and their words, even out of obedience and not wanting to get beat up. But that doesn't mean that they're respecting in their heart. But the whole changing you know, factor is when Jesus comes into the mix. When they give their lives to Christ, husband and wife, then that's when we really have the, the chance to share with them what a godly marriage, a biblical marriage is supposed to look like. And then they're little sponges. They want to soak it all up. And that's when things start changing in these homes. But honestly, women, I've had women tell me, Muslim women, former Muslim women, Jewish women, looking at Tom and saying, my husband has never loved me the way I see how he treats you. How, how do you make that happen? <laughs> what did you do to yeah, him? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's really sad when you it think is, about it's it. Horribly it horribly sad. Is. And all of the women, that's what they long for. Mm-hmm. But the system is rigged from the beginning. Arranged marriages, possession, um, and even the religious teaching that men are better than women, all the odds are stacked against the women. Mm-hmm. But to see a couple that loves each other and works together... That's a powerful tool. We didn't really know how powerful that was until we started working intensively in the Middle mm-hmm. East. But we hear that all mm-hmm. the time. I think it's liberating for women to see that. I think it's liberating for women when Joanne tells a Muslim woman, Jesus elevates women and loves them so much. He reserved the greatest miracle of his lifetime to be viewed and discovered by women. The resurrection. It was the women that came to the tomb, not the men. They were off hiding, but the women <laughs> right. came to the tomb. And, and of course, that just reinforces the, 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 the core of the gospel, the resurrection, the power over sin and death, but also how Jesus uplifts women. And there's no difference, Jew mm-hmm. or Greek, male nor female. And so they see that. I think that's a powerful thing. But they are longing for that in marriage. And also, we found this, Todd, believers who live in those Muslim countries, they're not Muslim, Mm -hmm. but they're under the influence of Islam. 
they need help in knowing how to have a biblical marriage that comes from the scriptures, not just derived from mm-hmm, culture. Exactly. I'm reminded just as we're talking here, and we're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Tom and Joanne Doyle uh, about ministry and marriage and how the two mix. But I'm reminded of a story that uh, Dr. Hormoz Shariat shared. You know him mm-hmm. yes, working good with friend. Iranians. Right. Uh, he and his wife did a series of television programs about marriage. And they were just on screen interacting and talking about marriage. And he said more people in Iran came to Christ after those broadcasts than some of his evangelistic broadcasts just because they saw them. And they said, wait a minute, something is different about those guys. They they like each other. (laughs) They like hanging out together. And people would call and say, I want to know Jesus because I saw how you were with your wife. Mm -hmm. I saw how, how she was with you. So... Like you say, when we live out, and this is true in America mm-hmm, too, mm-hmm. when we live out truly God-honoring Christian marriages, people see that mm-hmm. and they say, what's different about you? Yes. Yeah. You guys seem to get along better than we do. Mm-hmm. So how do we do that? Yeah. Let's talk some advice. Okay. Okay. You've been married, how long did you say? 36 years? 37. 37 years. 38 coming up. Uh, yep. 38 coming up. Years, okay. What advice would you give to to newlyweds, especially Christian newlyweds who want to establish good marriage yes. mm-hmm. patterns? Mm-hmm. What what would you share with them? Well, if you don't mind me going first, sweetie, no, I think please. one of the things that I learned very early uh, and learned this as a pastor, it's it's about ninety five percent of all pe- all married couples that pray together stay together. Wow. That, so they're not just uh, getting the stats from Christians. This is just people that pray together. Pray together. We have always prayed together. Mm-hmm. We don't let the sun go down on our anger. If we have an issue with each other, mm-hmm. we talk it out. Right. But one of the things that bound us together is we had challenges with the kids. As God called us into missions, we can't say that all six were walking with the Lord. They were pretty lukewarm. And so that's the time that God calls wow. <laughs> Tom and Joanne, Abraham and Sarah mm-hmm. into the Middle East. Right. Lord, what are you doing? And I remember having these talks with God. I'm not even sure it's wor- working in my house. Mm-hmm. Why are How we am going? I going to take it to the Middle East? Yeah. And God brought us together. This was the challenge of our life. And I know Joanne totally. would say that's our challenge. And she did 40-day fast. We did FaceTime praying for our children. But God revealed something to us. He showed us that it was going to be the believers on the front lines in Iraq, in Syria, in Iran, Egypt, places like that, Gaza Strip. They were going to be praying for our families, and he would honor those prayers and bring them back. Wow. And that's exactly so it's the what prayers happened. of the nations. And when you think about the nations, when they pray together, that's a little glimpse of heaven. We're going to be worshiping together one day. And God did it. But, but that was the heartbeat of the core of our prayer. Other than worship and and all of those great things, Lord, do a miracle with our children. And he answered. Mm -hmm. All six children walk with the Lord. There's kind of a natural thought, I think, that, well, I have to have everything in ship shape before I can go do this ministry or before I can answer this call. You're saying things weren't ship shape. Right, they weren't. And here God was telling you to do something huge. And you you obeyed. Right. I think there's a lesson there for people. It was tough, too. It wasn't easy. No. Um, 
But, you know, when we are weak, that is when Jesus is our strength, of course. And as so many of our leaders say, if we're not walking in God's will, we're in a really dangerous place. And we knew that God was calling us to do this, regardless of what things look like from our perspective. God could see so far beyond that. So we could have been split during that time. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, just emotionally separated in the way we thought and the way we addressed this. But we weren't. We knew that we needed to stay together. We needed to stay connected. And it started at the throne. You know, I think of the verse in Ecclesiastes, the cord of three strands, it's not easily broken. Well, of course, we picture that in marriage as the two of us, husband and wife, with Jesus thoroughly wrapping the two of us together. And so if he is not thoroughly wrapped within your marriage, you are always going to have separation. You know, God called us in marriage to be one. And we have, I believe, a daily battle that the world, our flesh, and the enemy wants us to be two. And so we have to constantly battle to be one. And we have found personally that we find that oneness at the throne of grace in prayer, spending time in the word, and really good communication. I mean, we tell each other everything. We are good communicators. So I would say that's another key to a great marriage is Jesus, number one. But then also really communicating well, talking things through, and agreeing when you don't always agree, agreeing to disagree agreeably. <laughs> you know what I mean? Tell, tell me how that works. Okay. Tom wants to go left. Joanne wants to go right. There's there's disagreement there. Mm-hmm. How do you work that through to coming to being okay. one? Yep. Can I share one quick yeah, yeah. story? <laughs> I think you probably know what I'm going to share. This happened years ago. Or I think I was pregnant with one of our kids. I was always pregnant. You know? But anyway, <laughs> um, we were looking to buy our very first house. And so you know how that is. It sounds exciting until you actually start, and then it's, ah, it's a horrific process. So we saw this one house that was at the top of our, you know, our top high price. So we go look at this house, but it was a fixer-upper house. And we are not fixer-upper type people. I, yeah. I'm not handy. Tom's Bless you not for handy. saying that. I'm not and handy. And so Tom wanted this house so badly. And it was great. It was big. We could have grown into it. But we could not have lived in it as it was. It was a mess. And we would, of course, have no money to do anything. Right. And Tom couldn't do it anyway. And I knew that it was not good. And I told Tom, Tom, I don't think this is good. It's wise. No, Joanne, we've got to do this. He was so set on it. And so even though we did discuss it and we, you know, I did share what I felt, Tom was no, 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 no. And that's when I thought, okay, Lord, you have made him the head of our home. So now I'm going to my knees and I've already told him what I think. And so now I need to go to you because you're over him. And if this is from you, yeah, if, if this is from you, you'll make it all work out. But if this is not from you, Lord, stop it. Change his heart. Do something. So that's what I did, man. I got on my knees and I started praying and praying. And I think we had like 48 hours to make this decision. So the next day we went to a friend's house. And as we were on our way to this friend's house, we drive by this house that's for sale by owner that's darling in a great neighborhood. And we both saw that sign for sale by owner and thought, let's just peek in there. We walked in that house and it was absolutely perfect. We literally signed the papers that day. So God's totally superseded that (laughs) plan. And then I will say this, after the whole thing was said and done, or probably still in the process of it, I said, Tom, this is what I did. I knew that, you know, God has made you the the head of our home. We're equal in value in essence, but our, our roles are different. I know my role is to come underneath your authority. So you knew I didn't feel good about it. So this is what I did. And look how he answered. And that has been one of our life lessons through the years. That's right. And she was so right. And I thanked her 
for trying to get that message through my thick skull <laughs> that didn't get there. But then seeing this house, this is what the Lord wanted. A better neighborhood, not a fixer-upper. It's right. just not in my skill set. And, uh, <laughs> and and so it, I, I was so thankful. It was not a nagging. But you know what? There was a disagreement. It wasn't hostile, but uh, one thinks one way, one thinks the other. But there's always prayer mm-hmm. and the cord of three strands. And so God is there, so you pray. And God totally changed my heart. And so that's what we see. I've seen that there's been some times where maybe we haven't had a lot of these kind of discussions or issues, but sometimes where I was ready to go for something, maybe you were a little bit mm-hmm. more cautious. Right. And I'd say, come on, Joanne, don't worry, you know. <laughs> right. But I think the amazing thing, Todd, is when God called us to the Middle East, both of us did not have the fear that you mm-hmm. would think going into Iran, into Syria, into Iraq. Uh, I mean, one day we had been at a concert in Denver. We went to see the Celtic women, mm-hmm. the singing group. And it was late at night. It was Denver. And we're walking to our cars like five blocks away. And it's downtown. There's some guys hanging out. And we see some gang members. I'm walking tightly with Joanne. And I said, boy, this is really scary here. And she just stopped and looked at me. You're scared. You walk in downtown Gaza or Baghdad, and why would you be scared? And I thought, yeah, why am I scared? And a few minutes later, Joanne said, well, I know why you're scared, because God didn't call us to downtown Denver. He called us to the Middle East. So what he calls us to, he equips us for. And so we don't feel that fear there. Both of us, he's given that to both of us. And I thank God and that is for a that. Gift. It is. It that is absolutely a gift. That it's been given to both of yeah. us. Because yes. I know some wives that don't have that yes. perspective. And it's it's a struggle. Yeah. And it can hold their husbands back, mm-hmm. for sure. You could minister 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and still there would be needs that, that need to be met. Yeah. How do you sometimes say, you know what? I got to stop. My family needs me. My wife needs me. And how do you balance those, both important yeah. and both God ordained? But right. how do you how do you keep them in balance? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we've always tried to make uh, obviously God first, our relationship second, and uh, and then our family third before ministry. We've tried. We haven't always been successful. Sometimes mm-hmm. look back, gosh, we probably shouldn't have done that. We should have been here. So we make that a priority and work real hard at it. And mm-hmm. then also for our relationship and just our relationship with the Lord. We have found that there's great wisdom in the Sabbath, mm-hmm. that, that we need right. a Sabbath rest. Now, we may be speaking in churches on Sunday, so that's not really a Sabbath. That's hard work. That's work. You're emotional, <laughs> you know, vulnerable, and it's, it's, it's a lot. So we work very hard at trying to have little getaways, and it may have to vary in the schedule. We look at our calendar and try to just stay true to that. We need to pull back because really you can get on burnout. And here's one of the things, Todd. Neither Joanne and I ever wanted to be even closely associated with that professional Christian. Mm-hmm. I'm a professional. This I do that. We're real people. We have ups and downs like everybody else. We need a break. We need a Sabbath. And I think that's what God puts in our schedule. So for those that are in ministry, the weekend isn't really a Sabbath. That's mm-hmm. when they're going into overdrive. Got to have some time during the week to just be together, to be with the Lord and not do those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As we're kind of beginning to wrap up, I want you to speak to a couple different groups of people. Okay. Okay, first, young couple just starting out, maybe just married or maybe about to get married. Talk to them about 
laying foundations and and getting off to a good start in their marriage? Number one, Jesus. So individually, wife, husband, you've got to meet with Jesus. And then as a couple meeting together, especially if you're a new a newly married couple are about to get married, study the same passages together or get the same kind of um, book that you're going through and so that you maybe do it separate, but then you discuss it together. When you get it in bed at night if, at the very latest, at Pray together before you go to sleep. So spend time in prayer, spend time in God's word, and then make sure that you are communicating well. And then we have a lot of fun together. So make sure that you not yes. just celebrate life, but enjoy life. Have, have fun. fun. That's why you're getting married, right? I mean, yeah. 38, almost 38 years later, we still, we have more fun now than we did when yeah, we were younger. We do. We do. And, and I think, you know, nobody wants to talk about it, but conflict is inevitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. And so what we did early was give each other permission. If Joanne needed to come mm-hmm. to me and I'd have to say, for the most part, it's usually her having to come to me. No, no, it no, seems no. Like, you know, <laughs> no. just because some of the we're men and, and sometimes we just don't get it. There's so much more natural in marriage relationship, family and all of that. So times when when we've had to talk, we give each other permission. But we don't set it up like too harsh. We don't hit each other with a hammer. I might say to Joanne, you know, there's something I wanted to talk to you about. When do you think it would be a good time? There's something that kind of bothered me a little bit, you know? So it's not like Mm -hmm. I'm dropping a piano on top of her. And, ooh, okay. Typically, Joanne says... Okay, let's talk about it now. Yeah. I don't want to wait. I, I don't want to wait. Exactly. Yeah. I usually say, okay, like, give me a second. Let me get my heart ready. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that's another thing, I think, with what the you're saying. Say yeah, because with our lips, Jesus says we can either bless or curse. And so we have to be so wise and intentional in the words that we choose to communicate to each other. Communicating truth, absolutely, but doing it in love. Yeah. Well, and I love the part about when's a good time. Yeah, mm-hmm. when's a good time. Let's set up a time when we can actually both concentrate on this yeah. rather than, hey, you're about to walk out the door, and I'm really frustrated, so I'm going to just unload on that's you right. and then send you off to work and yeah. have oh, a good day. Oh, yeah, that's hard. Yeah. That's not or good. when Joanne was cooking dinner, six kids were hungry, yeah. and someone was calling her wanting counseling, you know, on the <laughs> phone all at once. But I think that we would do that and give each other permission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, one of the ground rules was to not say, well, I didn't mean that. What I meant was this. Is, mm-hmm. It doesn't matter at that mm-hmm. point. Right. When she's saying, you know, this hurt when you said that. The response is, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Mm. We can clean up the intent and all that later, but we're not escaping from these. We hit it head on. You get the truth into the light and all of that darkness, all of the issues just go away. And that is huge as a forgiveness factor, is really learning to forgive one another and not (laughs) waiting for the— You won't last long if you can't forgive. And you can't wait for the feelings to come. And you can't say, even God, help me to forgive. It's a choice. I choose to forgive you. Even though I'm still hurting, I forgive you. Lord, now change my feelings. (laughs) Let's talk about now a couple who maybe has been married a few years and and they're struggling. Or they're at one of those hard points. What would you say to encourage them? Sometimes I think you just have to go back to the start and think about what God did to draw them together. Those are miracles. Today, with as individualistic as we are in our society, everybody's got their own phone, they're on social media, whatever, opinions about things, that two people get together as believers, that's a miracle in itself. But I think sometimes that couple needs to go back and and just start over and talk about how they came together and start to build on that again. And they'll probably realize some of those basics, they're just not following anymore. Praying every day, 
is an amazing gift from God. And I would say in addition to that, you know, don't be ashamed to get outside help if they need it. And go to wise counsel, not just anybody. Don't listen to the world for sure because the world will say, hey, just, you know, it's easy to get a divorce these days. So, no, don't listen to the world. If if that person is not making you happy, then obviously they're the wrong one for you. You should go. Yeah, don't listen to that. that. (laughs) (laughs) But I would say don't be ashamed to get good solid biblical counseling. And sometimes that's what it takes is someone giving you new perspective. And then that whole forgiveness is so key. In fact, I've done marriage counseling with couples before and had them talk through things, then get to the point where they sit in chairs facing each other, holding each other's hands and going through one by one, you hurt me when you did this. And then the other person's response is not to justify, not to explain, but to say, I am so sorry, will you forgive me? And then it's his turn. You know, they go back and forth and do that. And that is so healing. So that forgiveness piece is key. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Tom and Joanne Doyle. Tom is the author of a book called Standing in the Fire. And uh, we're talking about marriage and romance ahead of Valentine's Day next week. Tom and Joanne, thank you for being our guests. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and uh, just for being with us today on Mm. Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yes, it's always a joy. Thank you. As always, you can hear this interview again at vomradio.net. Of course, this was kind of outside the normal scope of what we talk about here on VOM Radio, but you can hear other programs with Tom and Joanne talking about what God is doing in the Middle East, talking about how to reach out to Muslims. Just use the search box to find Tom or Joanne Doyle at vomradio.net. As you probably know, the Islamic Republic of Iran is closed to the gospel. At least that's what the Iranian government says. But the gospel is still getting in and changing the hearts of Iranian people. Find out one of the ways that's happening next week. I hope you have a great Valentine's Day. Then come back and hear what God is doing in Iran next week right here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.